because of that elite training, I was better prepared to be a prisoner of war than to deal with domestic violence. Wow. Oh my goodness. Welcome to Squeaky Tree Podcast. My name is Nathaniel, and this is with me my beautiful wife, Jessica. And we have a wonderful, special um, podcast series for you guys that I think will really yeah. enlighten all of you. But do you want to explain a little bit more, Jessica? Yeah. So we have a really special guest with us. And really, it was a divine appointment that my my parents sent me a, a video. And I saw her. I was fast forwarding. I saw her. And I knew that the Lord prompted my heart to just stop and to listen to her. And she was giving just a little bit about her ministry, which we'll get into. Yes. Uh, but first, we want to hear about her, who she is and just her story, her God story, her testimony. And so um, welcome, uh, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate the time that you've given us. We know you're super busy. So thank you for joining us. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you beautiful couple of God. And um, it is a true delight. I, I love how God just works and brings it all together. Yes, absolutely. So I am honored. I'm humbled and honored. Oh, oh well, thank you so much. And we're hun- we're actually humbled and honored to have you. Uh, yeah. Because uh, oh. for people that are going to learn more about what you have experienced and what you do, I think is going to really just, you know, blow people's minds. So. Yeah, just being able to see God work. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. So who are you? What do you do? Well, my name is, like you said, Jennifer Foxworthy. I am a Christian, uh, a lover of Jesus Christ. I'm a wife of an amazing husband. We've been married for over 13 years. I am a mom of a 10-year-old, and uh, I have three older uh, stepchildren who are simply amazing. I'm a retired Navy veteran, served our country proudly for 21 point. Seven years. Wow. wow. And thank you for your service, by the way. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. I am a motivational speaker, author, entrepreneur, business owner of two organizations. Wow. And I just love people. Um, so there's many aspects to when you asked who is Jennifer, <laughs> you may have to be more specific because God is just... Um, given me quite a a remarkable journey Mm. and uh so yeah all right um so i guess start start from from the start of your testimony that you're going to share with us tonight where does it all begin yes jennifer uh i grew up humble beginning uh poverty i grew up in york pennsylvania right up there on 83 and uh, near Hershey, you know, if anybody's been to Hershey Park. Yes. Um, I had, I loved my parents, but the relationship wasn't the greatest. Um, the environment wasn't always the greatest. And when I was growing up, being dark skinned with uh, kinky hair, full lips was not considered attractive. So I want to let your viewers know, how does someone get low Mm self-esteem? And it comes from uh, low self-worth, maybe, and being bullied. Mm. I've experienced that, you know, due to my skin color and everything. So that takes me through high school. And I just found myself trying to look for love and acceptance 
in unfortunate wrong places. I wish somebody would have poured into me at that age that my body was a temple mm. and that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. It, it's those things that children really need to know yes. to boost that self-love and that healthy self-esteem. Mm. So when people ask, well, how does someone find themselves in an abusive relationship? The common, most common denominator is low self-esteem wow. pretty much from any victim survivor that I've talked with low self-esteem is a huge factor um uh and so found myself in many poor relationships Mm -hmm. and when I was in the military you know dating you know another service member and it it happened gradually you know with the subtle name calling or making fun of my friends, um, those type of things. But then there was a period of time because we were dating exclusively where I thought I'm, I could be pregnant. Mm. Okay. And so when I went to tell him without warning, he hauled off and punched me in my stomach. Oh, no. Wow. Uh, praise God, I wasn't, it turns out I wasn't pregnant. It was due to stress you know, that my cycle was late and everything. But that was a eye opener of, you know, what in the world? Because it took me by surprise. And although I told him to get out, us women, we want, we're very inquisitive. We want to know why did you do what you just did? Yes, yeah. And so, you know, the tears are going back and forth and I'm sorry and that type of thing. And, before we knew it, um, before I knew it, we had just completed the three-phase cycle of abuse. Mm. Um, you have your honeymoon phase where everything seems blissful. Uh, then you have the escalation where it could be any type of trigger. Mm. Um, you know, how come you're home from work late or where's my dinner, that type of thing. Mm. And then you have the full-on abuse. That's a three-phase cycle. And many okay. people, they need to be aware of what that looks like. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, domestic. And so I, I was in the service. And at that time, I was part of a, a very elite group, Naval Air Crew, where I flew in the airplane with the crew. I was an in-flight technician. So I fixed electronics. Uh, in the airplane to keep the, uh, during the mission, uh, so we can continue to do what we needed to do instead of trying to land. So because I was in this very elite group, I was the only black or the only woman many times in the airplane. Wow. I found out actually when I graduated the school that I was the first in over 10 years to graduate from that school. And they class up every, every week. Wow. And during my air crew, my 15 years of being an air crew, I found out that I was the first in three different Navy squadrons due to my gender and my skin color. Wow. So if you can imagine dealing with an abusive relationship where the pattern, so 
domestic violence is about power and control. Mm. And it can come in the form of financial abuse, sexual, uh, emotional, mental, physical, stalking. It comes in so, even medical abuse, it comes in so many forms because that abuser is using his power Mm. to control the victim. Mm. They no longer see you as an equal. They just see you as an object for their, their joy. Mm. So here I, and normally it's a pattern, but in my particular relationship, it wasn't like, okay, on Friday he's going to come home drunk and Saturday and Sunday is going to be ridiculous. Mm. It could be weeks or months at a time before the next situation, the name calling or what have you. Okay. So it was really hard for me to identify what I was in. Mm. We were together for five and a half years. Wow. And I think it was pretty much at the five-year mark where I'm like, this can't be love. Mm. Um, and so you can imagine from my, a career p- perspective, being the, I was trying to fit in where I stood out. So I'm an avionics technician. I'm fixing electronics. I'm either the only black person or I'm the only woman or both. Mm. So I experienced workplace bullying as well. Wow. So it's like, how could I tell my supervisors what I was dealing with when I was also experiencing bullying or uh, abuse from a professional perspective? Right. In addition, I was also flying combat missions in three different wars, Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. So I dealt with three different wars on three different fronts. A personal war a professional war and an international type war. Wow. Crazy. Oh my. <laughs> it is crazy. <gasps> and having a compartment and nobody knew because I put a mask on. Basically I have to compartmentalize. You know, when I'm flying in that airplane, I have to keep my head focused mm-hmm. to wow. you know, keep myself and the crew safe. To fix the electronics, um, to look out to make sure our plane wasn't being shot at or what have you. Mm. Um, And then on a professional war, having to compartmentalize to really work hard to prove that I belong. Mm -hmm. And then on a personal front of figuring if I could just love harder and stronger, this person would love me the way I deserved and want to be loved wow. so yeah i compartmentalized in each section oh my goodness how did you how did you get through it yeah <laughs> nothing but the grace of god and you Amen. know so i tell people um my air crew train was very elite they they taught us how to you know um survive off of the land or if you're captured and you're a prisoner of war, this is what you do. Um, if your plane goes down in the water, this is how you survive. And, you know, a lot of swimming, a lot of swimming and uh, physical activity. Mm. And I tell people 
I was because of that elite training, I was better prepared to be a prisoner of war than to deal with domestic violence. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh. Because we don't talk about domestic violence. Yeah, we don't. No, and we don't. It's, we don't have the conversation. So especially at a young age, knowing that, you know, many people probably don't even realize that teen uh, national teen dating violence awareness and prevention is in February. Um, domestic violence awareness month is in October, but it gets overshadowed by breast cancer. Everybody is wearing pink. Nobody is understanding why the purple. Wow. Um, and it would drive me crazy because I'm watching these national football players. They're all in their pink ribbon and everything, but most of them are offenders of domestic violence. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Right. I'm like, you guys need to be wearing purple instead of pink. You know, so it, wow. domestic violence gets overshadowed. And mm. because people, it's a very uncomfortable topic. Mm-hmm. Um, one in four women and one in seven men will be in a severe physical abusive relationship in their lifetime. Hmm. So Jessica, I'm sure you all have come across many people. Maybe you just didn't realize it mm-hmm. that has experienced it currently experiencing it or will experience it. Wow. Hmm. But we have to be, and that's why I am so grateful for your platform and uh, opportunity to share because now I'm praying through this testimony, through this podcast, someone will be educated. Yes. And I, I want to be a resource. Mm. Amen. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, so when did you come to know the Lord? Oh, um, so I went to Catholic school first to eighth grade. So I, I had a, an upbringing around, you know, God, uh, my family, God fearing people, but I didn't start to have that relationship until maybe I was, uh, in, in the military. Okay. Okay. Um, so I am not a practicing, practicing um, Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Faith Bible Church, and it's non-denominational, um, and I, I love it there. Um, so that's when I came to know the Lord. But I've started to really have a relationship with God, I would say, in 2013, when I hit rock bottom from gambler abuse. Oh, okay. Um, what I didn't realize, so my ex-boyfriend and I, the, the, the guy, the, the abuser, um, we enjoy going to casinos. And unfortunately, casinos, there's no clocks, there's no windows. You can just waste a lot of time there. And as a service member, you know you're getting paid twice a month. And we would go to casinos. It was, for me, it was an escape. Okay. Um he would go his way and I would go mine and I would just play the slot machine. He would spend up his money and then he would look to me to help take care of his part of the bills. So that's where the financial abuse also occurred. So I dealt with physical, emotional, mental, and financial abuse. But what I didn't realize 
is once I got out of that relationship, and I don't think I answered your question as far as how did I get out, but I'll back up to that in a moment. I didn't change the habit. So when I got with my husband, you know, the man that I'm with now, I still, I didn't go to the casinos uh, every day. Our bills were always paid. I would probably go maybe once every other month. Okay. Um, so no harm, no foul. But what I didn't realize until when I would go, I'm playing the maximum and I can spend a lot of time there, mm. which is taking away from my family. Mm. And what I didn't realize was that this method was a coping mechanism for me mm. to escape the reality of being in an ab abusive relationship. Mm. So okay. basically I brought old wineskin and new, I, I brought an old habit into like new wine skin, you yeah. know, trying to put old, old wine into new wine skin. Mm. It just doesn't work. I brought an old habit yeah, used as a coping mechanism for an abusive relationship that now I was no longer in, but brought it into a new relationship wow. and it created problems. Mm -hmm. mm. So many couples that people need to, be mindful of the coping mechanisms that we use from past traumas. Mm -hmm. When we get into new relationships, we need to check that at the door. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, it was basically bringing old wine into new wineskins. I brought a, a habit used in an old relationship and continued it into a new one. Wow. Um, so how I got out of it, I suspected the boyfriend of cheating. Had it not been for that, I probably still would have been with him mm. because I was holding out hope that he would make me an honest woman, marry me, would have a family, all of that stuff. Oh. But when I suspected him of cheating, now I'm like, after all I've done for you and, and stuck with you and everything else, now you're going to go outside of our relationship yeah. and, and, you know, treat me differently, you know? So he was basically, his behaviors, his mannerisms were, was telling on himself. Wow. He didn't admit it, but yeah, he just really started treating me worse wow. where I was crying in my pillow every night and oh. he's laying next to me unbothered. Um, and then it, I started to have the thought, as he's sleeping, I could just take the pillow and just be done with all these right. problems. Right. And I'm like, Jennifer, you have too much common sense. You know he is not worth you going to jail. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was like, I need to get out of this because it's either him or me. I was mm -hmm. becoming resentful. And I just prayed, God, please show me a way out because we still had uh, six months on our lease. You know, we were renting this house and number, it, it, there were so many red flags and so many things that we were playing house, mm. fornicating. Wow. That's wrong all day long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't value my temple. 
I didn't have a healthy self-esteem and self-love. So I can tell you all day the things that I needed to improve on Mm. um, and how I got to this point. And so I didn't want to jeopardize losing our deposit. So I felt like I was in a a conundrum. And one morning I woke up and it was, God just made it so plain and clear what I was supposed to do. It was like, if you watch the Looney Tunes and you got the light bulb that comes over the coyote's head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was like for me. Wow. One morning and he was away on a deployment in, 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 uh, in a whole nother state. Yeah. And so God showed me, and he moved, God moved so fast that I couldn't backpedal to be like, no, no, I'm going to just stay or I'm going to figure this out. No, it just happened so fast. So I went to the management's office and told the ladies what I was experiencing. And without hesitation, they got up, they showed, and and I told them the problem. I didn't want to lose the deposit. They got up, showed me an empty apartment, one that they didn't advertise. They just said sometimes they just keep apartments, you know, back just for whatever. Wow. It was near the water. It was perfect. It was truly incredible. So I'm like, and they said that I could use the deposit. I could transfer the deposit to this new apartment. Mm. The rent for this new apartment was $700, but they said for you, we'll lower it to $600. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Mm. So within a week, I have moved out of the old one and I was like, I'm gone. You can get with the management office. They could possibly find you a place, um, but I'm done. And that's how I was able to get out. But it was it was because I suspected him of cheating. Wow. Right. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, so how do you... Um, deal with it now like are are there other things as so you gave up the gambling um then then what happened you know did you um do you like turn to the word of god or like how how do you how do you do that now absolutely so i am proud to say that this may will be 8 years that i have not touched a slot machine or anything wow, wow. praise That's god amazing. so i went cold taking yeah, yeah praise god yes he took that he took that spirit of gambling away. Um, the devil had me on the ropes because I was even thinking about suicide. So when I hit rock bottom, uh, I just felt so ashamed and guilt. And wow. as you all can imagine, as in a ministry, that shame and guilt that the devil just holds over us. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, But praise God, I had such a loving and compassionate husband that yeah. just... He, he, you know, stuck with me and yes. helped me to understand that life was so much more. Amen. So I just kind of, I cold, cold turkey from the gambling and my husband has been reading the Bible. He doesn't boast on this at all. Um, he's such an introvert and amazing, but he's been reading the Bible now from Genesis to Revelations for nine years straight. Wow. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. So I have, and because, and so I started to have questions 
you know, about people who were called to, you know, clergy, but their behaviors and the things that they said were unbecoming. And, you know, there were some red flags. And so my husband, he was like, well, why don't you do what I, you know, he helped me get the app on my my phone. Nice. The olive tree. And he said, you know, why don't you read the Bible? Because I had no idea, I don't think, that I knew that he was reading the Bible from cover to cover for so many years. It, yeah. It's just a habit for him. Yeah. Um, and so I just started doing it. And now I'm in my fourth year of reading the Bible from cover to cover. Oh, that's and so cool. oh, that's awesome. every, from Genesis to Revelation, my the relationship that I have, it, it's just extraordinary because he reveals something to me. Yes. Every yes. time. Yes. It, it, it's just extraordinary. So it has helped develop me. The relationship that I have with Jesus Christ has helped me as a, a woman, as a wife, as a mom, as a community leader, as a church member. It's that relationship. Um, and I'm not ashamed of telling my testimony. And so how did I get here today? I have, I discovered a three-step journey to healing. Mm. I had to first, because I'm like, okay, now that I'm out of this relationship, now what? Yeah. And self-awareness, I was starting to be very big on self-awareness. And so I'm like, I just can't fester with this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, what do I do? So I realized the step one was I had to acknowledge what I have been through. Mm. I have a quote. Uh, that says denial feeds dysfunction. That's good. I didn't want to be in denial anymore. Yeah. Because the Satan, he uses that denial. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't oh, yeah. that bad. And, you know, we'll water it down. And and that's a reason why we stay in so many things. Mm-hmm. So I had to acknowledge what I was in. Then the next step was I had to restore my broken soul. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine... You know, being in my 30s, poor relationships, and then five and a half years with this particular relationship, any self-esteem that I thought I had or or did have, it was non-existent mm. by this time. Wow. So I end up doing affirmations. You know, so I was reading a lot of self-help books, and then I would do affirmations in the morning. And when I look in the mirror, Jennifer, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Jennifer... You are beautiful. Jennifer, you are worthy of love. Mm. And I would tell myself these things every morning, every day. Look at myself in the mirror. Um, And then the third part was forgiveness. And that was the hardest. It took a while. Uh, So at this point, so I I went from victim to survivor. So I tell people, a survivor can physically get out of the relationship, but still be held captive mentally and emotionally. Mm. If you do not take the time to heal, you'll stay in survivor mode. And survivor is just existing. I don't want to exist. Mm. So I always introduce myself. And if I'm doing any type of awareness or advocacy, I am a domestic violence thriver. Love it. I'm Love not just it. a survivor. 
I'm not just a survivor because I'm not just existing. God made us so much more to just exist. Yeah. Existing is settling. Existing is being in your comfort zone. Existing is mediocrity. I don't want to do that. So the forgiveness is what propelled me into being a thriver. Um, Eventually, I forgave myself. Release that guilt and shame mm-hmm. of, you know, because here I am flying in wars. I'm uh, the first in this squadron and that squadron and just knocking down stereotypes and discrimination and all yeah. these different things. And, you know, like G.I. Jane and I'm, you know, I'm walking around in a flight suit and I'm like the only person on the base that looks like me yeah. in a leather jacket, in a flight suit. I'm looking like Tom Cruise from Top Gun, <laughs> you know, Maverick. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm working and flying on airplanes, just bad to the bone. And I'm like, Jennifer, you're smart. How in the world did you get into this? Right. And smart has nothing to do with it. Wow. It's, past traumas from childhood that are undealt with and it's basically unresolved issues as a child is basically a roadmap for issues as an adult and so I had to forgive myself for being you know I'm human and Mm -hmm. not realizing the low self-esteem eventually I forgave my abuser I didn't reach out to him and shake his hand and say, Hey, guess what? It's your lucky day. I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> right. right <laughs> I didn't right. do that. I just put it in my mind and my heart. I prayed about it, put it in my mind and my heart and forgave him because mm. I'm sure he went through trauma as well and didn't receive the love that he needed and deserved. He was, uh, for a male, he was about five, eight. So he was short in stature so he had like that Napoleon complex, mm. narcissist. That's who I was dealing with. Mm. And then I forgave my parents because I'm like, why didn't you give me the tools I needed to navigate this cold and crazy world? Wow, that's good. Mm. So that was how I nav- That's how I got in it. That's how I got out. And that's how I'm thriving today. Amen. I love it. I love it. Awesome. What a powerful testimony. (laughs) Yeah, that was so good. That was so good. So we're going to hear more from you uh, through the coming weeks. I can't wait. Yeah. If if this is just the beginning, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready Yeah, yeah. So anybody (laughs) who's... (laughs) So anybody who's listening... Um, you know, if you want to hear the rest of her, her story and advice she gives and more about her ministries, yes, stay tuned, stay tuned. And so in the description of this video, we are going to tell you how you can get connected and contact her. Um, and then if you want to sneak peek on some of the ministries, you can do that. Um, but if you want to hear from her and all the details of it, then you've got to stay tuned and, you know, pray about supporting her ministries uh, and stuff like that. So we'll get more into that, but we're super excited yes, yes. for just everything that God's going to do through this. So we're going to go ahead and end in prayer. Testimonies just get my 
blood boiling. I know. I love it. I love it. it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and pray. Praise Um, the Lord. Yes. Yes. All right. Do you want to pray? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Jesus, we just thank you for an amazing opportunity, yes. uh, one that you appointed because mm. we wouldn't even know her if it wasn't for your divine intervention, mm. you leading us to meet her. And we just praise you, God, for that. We thank you. We thank you for Jennifer, your daughter, that she didn't stay in that, but that you spoke to her and that she listened and obeyed yes. and that you intervened in her life, Lord. And if any of those thoughts or feelings or anything start to arise again, Lord, that you would just intervene again and you would um, just take those away and just keep reminding her that she is your beautiful daughter, that you have created her for purpose Mm -hmm. and just keep forming that purpose. Let it go beyond what she has even done so far. Let it just keep going and going and going and creating more and more opportunities for her to spread your love in your name. And we just praise your holy name for this opportunity tonight. 